0: SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. What is... God's perfect will for my life. And how do I get there? Everybody always asks that, you know. How do I know if I'm in, in God's perfect will? How do I know if I'm doing what God's will? What if God what is God's will for my life? Well, if you've ever wondered that, you need to stick around because we are going to talk about that tonight and by the end of this episode, you're going to know exactly what God's perfect will for your life is. You know, every Christian wants to live In the center of God's will, and plus, this is an amazing story. This is one of my very favorite stories. This story in the Bible is why I stop on the side of the road and honk at cows. So that'll give you a a little insight into what we're going to do. My question is this: Why, if everybody wants to live in the center of God's perfect will, why aren't we doing it? Why aren't you doing it? How how do we get there? If you're not living in the center of God's will, how do you get there? Most Christians want to be in the center of God's will. For a lot of reasons, but also to be really frank with you, the the biggest part that we get from living in the center of God's will is we get to experience his favor and his divine blessing. And who doesn't want that, right? What are the different types of wills of God that we can find ourselves in? Did you know there's other than the perfect will of God? Well, that, that is the number one. That's where everybody wants to be in God's perfect will. Uh, And that is really where we need to be camping out. But the question is, how do we get there? The Bible actually gives us a very, very clear way to get there. You know, it's just so sad because most of us either don't have a Bible or if we have a Bible, we don't read the Bible. Which, by the way, if you have Bibles, and this is before Thanksgiving of 2022, we need your Bibles. Uh, We're going to be delivering 5,000 meals to homeless and homebound individuals. And I think we still need about 3,200 Bibles. So if you have some extra ones and you're not reading them. We would love to have those. You have to get in touch with us at lovehimlovethem.org. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, exactly what we need to do. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That's your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if you want to be smack dab in the middle of God's will, all you have to do is surrender your body to God as a living sacrifice. Do not conform to the pattern of this world and allow your mind to be transformed. And renewed daily by the word of God. And you know, Paul says if we experience that on a regular basis, that we live in God's perfect will. So, uh, in order for you to kind of get this, there's a story in the Old Testament that I wanna talk to you about, and you're gonna see the difference between God's perfect will and some other kind of wills from God, right? So I want you—I to, to tell you about this story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's in Numbers 22. When was the last time you read anything in Numbers? That's my question, right? And it's about a guy named Balaam. There's this king, and his name is Moab. Uh, well, the king of Moab. His name is Balak. And he is afraid because God's chosen people are traveling through and they're in their traveling right through the wilderness where he is, and they're on their way to the promised land. But he is afraid that the God that God's chosen people are going to come and destroy him. So he hears that Balaam has this—he has this reputation for like divination and sorcery and kind of knowing things that nobody else knows. And so the king calls him and he says, "Hey, I need you to do me a favor. I want you to curse the Israelites, right?" Because he's afraid that they're going to make it to where they are in the wilderness and they're going to completely ruin them. So Balaam responds and says, "Okay, fine, I'll go consult the Lord and see what he says. Now, there is a great piece of advice. Have you ever thought about when people ask you to do something? Okay, well, I I think most of us say, let me pray about that. But then we never pray. We never pray about it. We just say, let me pray about it so we don't have to do whatever it is the person's asking us to do. But in this particular situation, it would really behoove us that whenever somebody does ask us to do something, if we say, hey, I need to go check it out with God and see what he says. And that is exactly what Balaam did. So he says, let me go ask God first and see what happens. So Balaam goes. He goes to God and he says, hey, this guy wants me to curse these people. And God responds... (laughs) Real quick and real clear, and says, By no means. Uh uh-uh. uh. Do not curse these people. These people are a blessed people. Okay. So he tells them, No, don't do it. So that is God's perfect will for Balaam. His perfect will for Balaam is to listen to God the first time. And not to go any further, right? That's his perfect will. So Balaam goes back to Balak and he says, look, I went to God last night. He said not to put a curse on them because these people are blessed. So, you know, I'm really sorry, dude. I can't help you out. I just, I can't do it. Now, this this is exactly how this happens in our lives too. Just like in our lives, the enemy is not happy with you living in God's perfect will. He is not real excited about people who listen to God and do exactly what they tell, what God tells them to the first time. He, he hates it, actually, whenever we obey God. Because when we live in his perfect will, like I said in the beginning, that's when we get the favor. That's when we see amazing things happening. So the enemy is right there, right on time to offer another sinful option. And temptation for us to get out of the will of God. You know, that's why that there's the verse in the Bible that tells us that no temptation will come to you where God will not provide you a way out. That, that is a battle in the supernatural. Do you get that? God provides the answer for the perfect will. Satan gets mad about it, tries to tempt. And then God says, don't worry. Even if you get tempted, I'm going to provide you a way out. I know the game and how it works. So the king goes back to Balaam and says, how about if we pay you? <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll pay you whatever you want if you'll just come with us and curse these people. And isn't that exactly the way it happens today? You know, you ask God, "Should I do this?" God's like, "Absolutely not, don't do that." And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden, somebody sweetens the deal, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute, God surely doesn't mean that He doesn't want me to make that money, or surely God doesn't. Does God understand I can get out of this and what the deal is I can make? I mean, let me go ask God again. So instead of of Balaam staying right in God's perfect will, which he he went back and told them no. Instead, he says, "Hmm." Let me go back and ask God again. <laughs> I know God said I can't do that, but let me just go ask him again. I'll ask him tonight, and maybe he's changed his mind, and then I'll get back with you tomorrow, right? Here's a news flash for you. When God tells us to do something, that is his perfect will, right? He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't want us negotiating with him. So Balaam goes back, and he asks God again. Now, understand, God understands that Balaam's heart was bent towards doing evil. God knew that Balaam did not want to be in God's perfect will. He knew it. So now what Balaam is doing is he's moving into what is called God's permissive will. God says, I know that you really don't want to obey me, so I'm going to let you go with these people. Only I want to make sure that you say the things that I want you to say. So here I want to give you three signs that you have moved out of God's perfect will and that you now have moved into his permissive will. His permissive will is him basically allowing you to do or permitting you to go down a road in your life that he knows is not good for you. This is so this so ties into being a parent. Um, if, if you're a mom, I feel like you get a really inside view of the way God looks at things because we, we deal with this all the time. You know, our kids come and say, can I do this? Can I do that? And you're like, no, that's, you know, good and well, that's not what they need to be doing. And then yet they continue to push it and push it. And you're like, oh my goodness. Okay. 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 Even though, you know, it's still not the perfect thing for them to do. So God's permissive will is allowing you to go down this road. He knows it's not his perfect will for you, but God can still get the glory out of it. But it's going to cost you. (laughs) It's going to cost you a lot of time. It's going to cost you a lot of energy. And often it's going to cost you a lot of resources that you're never going to get back. So the first sign that you are moving towards God's permissive will and out of his perfect will is when the enemy tries to tempt you. And the enemy tries to tempt you to question what you know in your heart God wants you to do. That, that goes all the way back to the garden, right? Did God really say that? He wants you questioning what God's told you. He constantly, and how often do we do that? We, all, we do that all the time. Did God really mean that? Is that really what God said? Are you sure, God? We, that's the oldest trick in the book, all the way back to the garden. This is the first temptation that you will face to move out of God's perfect will and into his permissive will. You know, Balaam knew that he should not have gone with those guys. He knew it. What has God told you not to do? Or what has God told you to do that you knew you weren't supposed to do it and you did it anyways? Or you knew that you were supposed to do something and you never did do it? What are you questioning? I mean, has God told you clearly don't marry this person? (laughs) Has God told you clearly, don't go into this business deal? Has God specifically said to you, I don't want you to continue this conversation? Ladies, have you ever been at a a coffee shop with other ladies and people are just yemming, 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 gossiping? Has God ever just, the Holy Spirit just spoken to you and said, either shut this down or get up and leave? And you sit right there and you go through it? You're not in God's perfect will anymore. But Because we're so driven by our desires, most of us ladies don't want to get up from that table because we know as soon as we get up, they're going to be talking about us, right? Because we're so driven by our desires and our flesh and the things that we want to experience in life, sometimes we do entertain things that God has said no to. We try to pound down doors that God has closed I mean, he has a perfect will for us, and he doesn't want us to waste our time going after and down a road that is just his permissive will. We're just hurting ourselves. The second sign is when God tries to get our attention through circumstances. So let's go back to that story, my favorite story in Numbers 22. We're looking at uh, God tries to get Balaam's attention Three times, okay? So the first time, so Balaam goes back and he tells the guys, okay, fine, I'm going to go with you, but I just have to say what God wants me to say. Balaam is riding on his donkey and there is an angel of the Lord standing in the road that Balaam can't see, but his donkey can see. And there's this wide open field and his donkey turns off the road to try to get out of the way of that angel and to go into the field. And Balaam beats his donkey. He beats him to get him back on the road. And he continues to tell his donkey, come on, let's go. We're going forward with this. Almost like he's trying to convince himself. We're going forward with this. So the donkey gets back on the road. And again, he sees the angel of the Lord blocking the road. So he goes over to the other side where there's a wall block up against the other side of the road. And he presses Balaam up against that wall and actually crushes Balaam's leg up against the wall. And Balaam gets mad again. And he starts to beat the donkey. He says, dude, come on. We are going forward with this. And then the third time that God uses circumstances again to try to get Balaam's attention, the road was so narrow. And with the angel of the Lord blocking the road, there wasn't anywhere for the donkey to go. So he just sat down. He sat down in the middle of the road. And again, Balaam beat his donkey. You know, the further down the road of disobedience that you and I travel on, the more difficult it's going to be for us to obey God. This is God's discipling us. It's God. He's, he's safeguarding us. He's disciplining us. It, and it's because he loves us. Right. He's saying, look, I love you enough that I'm going to try to get your attention any way possible that I can to try to keep you from going down a road that, yes, I could possibly bless you on. And yes, I'm trying to permit this, but it's not my perfect will for your life. You know, we say, how can I be in God's perfect will? And the majority of us, the reason that we're not living in God's will is we are disobedient. We don't, we don't want to do what we're supposed to do. We don't want to do what God tells us to do. We want to live on the edge. We want to live on the line. We want to do what our flesh desires, but still stay in that permissive will. And that's where we miss so much. You know, that's where a lot of us are right now. God's trying to tell you something. He's trying to get your attention. Circumstances are not working out in your life. Doors are starting to close. Things are not going well. And you are having a conviction in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit is nudging you. And the more you try to press down that direction, the more difficult it's getting for you. And that is God telling you to stop. Because it is God saying, listen, I have a better way. I told you the better way in the beginning, but you refused to listen to me. You know, the third sign that God will often use is he'll send people. He'll send people to us that will be able to see things that we can't see. And that is to give us the warning to tell us to stop. In this particular story, Balaam's donkey, Balaam's donkey was able to see the angel of the Lord in front of them. But Balaam couldn't see it because he was so blinded by his desires. He was blinded by what his flesh wanted and all the things that he wanted to get, that he wasn't even able to see what his donkey could see. (laughs) Right? You know, a lot of times... When we're going down a wrong path, and when we're in God's permissive will rather than his perfect will, God will send people to lovingly warn you and correct you by saying, You know, you really ought to return over on this path because God has a better way for you. But the problem is that most of the time we reject those warnings. And most of the time, we reject the criticism. We reject godly counsel, and we end up paying for it in the end. First, we reject what God's told us to do, and then we we don't listen to the circumstances that God places in our life. And then when godly people do come to try to lovingly put us back on the path, we don't want to hear it. Because again, the further we get down that path of disobedience, the more difficult it is to come back in, right? Not only does God have a perfect will and a permissive will, but God also has a prevailing will. You know, you usually hear this called, if you're in the church world or if you uh, are in the Bible a lot or in conversations with that, you'll hear it called the sovereignty of God. And this is when God says, you know what, (laughs) even though you're going down this wrong path, I'm still going to fulfill my purpose in your life because my purpose is much greater than your disobedience. And you know what this is? It's nothing more than the grace of God. If you go ahead and read the rest of the story of Balaam in Numbers 22 all the way through, Um, even though Balaam tried to disobey God and God said, okay, I'm going to prevail over your disobedience and I'm going to work in the midst of your disobedience. You know, my caution to you is, and I think a lot of people use this, is they say, well, God's going to make happen what he wants to make happen anyways, talking about the sovereignty of God. That's God's grace. And he has the option whether or not to disperse that grace to you that's not a requirement of his right so when you disobey and you disobey and you disobey you know there are many instances in the word of God where he says I'm just going to turn them over and let them do what they want to do so we don't need to hang on to that and say I don't need to be in God's perfect will because he's going to make happen whatever he wants to make happen anyways we need to even though in this particular instance He did allow that to prevail over the disobedience, and he did work in the midst of his disobedience. And God did still use Balaam to preach a message to those wicked people of Moab so that his prevailing was done. So here's my question for you. What will of God are you living in today? We all say that we want to be living in the perfect will of God. We want to be in the center of God's will, right where he wants us to be. Is that where you are? Are you living in God's perfect will? And by the way, God's perfect will does not mean that you will always have a perfect life. Oftentimes, his perfect will means that you're going to have some difficulties. You're going to have some suffering. Right. You will have not only suffering, but you're going to have stresses and strains in your life. But you can rest assured that you are under the divine protection and care of God and you're not out of the bounds of his protective and his perfect will. You know, the moment that we go down God's permissive will, God, he might bless it. But the fact is, we are sacrificing time, we're sacrificing joy, we're sacrificing peace. And a lot of times, we're sacrificing blessings, blessings that God wants to give us so bad. Because we're so focused on going down our own path, we miss it. We miss out on all the blessing that God has for us in his perfect will. So learn and live is my advice rather than live and learn. Learn what does God want us to do so that we can be in the center of his perfect will, so that we can live out the life of purpose and the life of abundance that God wants. That's the life he wants us to live. Rather than living in sin and making all sorts of mistakes and then having to learn the lessons that are so costly, they're so costly, those lessons with those mistakes. So, we all need to be committed to being willing not only to be living, but also embracing God's perfect will for our lives. I'm going to read you the end of this story just because I love it so much. I want you to just bear with me as we listen to um, Numbers 22. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam, and he was angry and he beat it with his staff. And then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. Have you ever heard this? If you're ever playing Bible quiz or Bible trivia and somebody says, did a donkey ever talk in the Bible? Here's where the donkey talked in the Bible. And the donkey said, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? And Balaam, here's the funny part. but It just says Balaam answered the donkey. Like maybe this has happened before. I don't know. Balaam answered the donkey and said, you made a fool out of me. And if only I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you right now. You know what? That's what a lot of people do to the Christian people who come alongside of them to give them godly counsel is they feel the same way about that. They said, you need to just shut up, stay, keep mind your own business, stay out of my way. I mean, here he's wanting to kill the one thing, the animal who's trying to protect him. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey? Am I not the one that you have always ridden to this day? Have I ever been in the habit of doing this to you before? And you know what, your Christian friends may talk to you the same way that donkey did. Have I ever said anything on this about this before? I'm just trying to help you out. And Balaam finally admitted, and he said, no. And then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. And so he bowed down low and he fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I came here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and that's why he turned away from these three times. If it had not turned away, I certainly would have killed you by now. But I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you're displeased, it took him getting beaten up against a wall, having a donkey talk to him, and the angel of the Lord speak to him. And now Balaam says, okay, if you want me to really turn around, I'll do that. Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with these men, but I want you to speak only what I tell you to. There's God's prevailing will coming in, right? So Balaam went with Balak's officials. Who is trying to speak truth into your life right now? And you know what? There's a flip side of that. You may be the Christian brother or sister who the Holy Spirit has sent. You may be the donkey who is slamming someone's leg up against a wall, trying to protect them on that path. Are you listening to God? Either way, if you're the one that is supposed to be giving the advice, are you doing that for your friends? Are you a real true friend that is willing to say, I can see what you can't see? And did you see what it took for Balaam's eyes to be open to see the angel? I would love to be able to see the angel of the Lord. You know, when we brought the choir here from uh, Haiti, the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir, there were three kids in that choir who were seers. And they literally saw in the supernatural and would come and tell me things that were going on. People, there are more things happening in the supernatural than there are in the natural. There is a war, a war for you. Do you realize that? There is a war going on for you right now between Satan and God. Listen, not only desire to be in the center of God's will, but listen, put open, ask God to open up the eyes of your heart. Don't let it take a donkey to talk to you, not a donkey that can see the angel of the Lord and not you. If you really want to be in God's perfect will, he's told us how to do it. Our time here is so short. It would behoove us, even though we think we're living out our fleshly desires and we're doing what we want to do, how we want to do it. How much more would our lives be full and abundant if we were in the center of the one who created us, if we were in his will? if we were living out the plans and the purpose that he has for our life. Can you imagine if you're dull today, if you're bored today, if you're depressed today, if you don't have any joy, if you don't have any life in you, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. His ways are higher than anything you could possibly imagine. He's just waiting for you to transform your mind and to live out what Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to do. Brothers and sisters, don't miss the opportunity. Go back and read Numbers 22. It's kind of a funny story, but it's also very eye-opening to think of how many times we act like we're asking God what He wants us to do. We pretend like we're going to listen to Him but we just ease our way out of what His perfect will for our lives are and we mix it in with what we want to do and end up in His permissive will and things don't quite go exactly as the way they were planned. I know that you and I both want to do exactly what God wants us to do. So I'm going to tell you this, one thing that can keep you in the will of God is to remember to love Him and love them. That will keep you in the